Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today, today. Today. Welcome to America. Oh, thank you. Actually, I was born here 47 years ago. Oh, okay. But I appreciate the welcome. Uh-huh. Oh, you're talking about the album. Yes. The album <laughs> that just came out. It's one of the few chances we have to cover... New material. In quotes, yes. It's, it's new to us. Yes. Yes. Well, everything that we hear that we haven't heard before will be new to us well, from now on. that's true. It's like must-see TV during the summer. That's right. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, previously unheard songs, some a uh, handful of which we had heard before through Prince's own release to radio stations and that kind of thing, and alternate versions of a couple songs that mm-hmm. he had worked and reworked for future releases, Uh Um, but otherwise a handful of tracks that no one had heard before. That's right. Outside of those who worked with Prince on the album and the Prince Estate, naturally. Right, of course. Released July 30th, 2021. What a fun summer treat. It's the first posthumous release of mostly unreleased music. Yeah, well, I would say mostly unreleased new music. There was plenty yeah. of unreleased music on Sign of the Time Super right. Deluxe and 1999 Super Deluxe, but that was all stuff that had been, you know, recorded decades ago. Uh-huh. So this is more current, even though it's more than a decade old. Right, exactly. But it's all, this is a cohesive album Correct. that Prince put together, chose the sequencing and... We think. We think. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, there were apparently three different CDs of this oh. album found Okay. in the vault. And uh, Morris Hayes, Prince's longtime keyboardist slash musical director, uh, had worked on it. Back in 2011, Prince had asked him to, to produce it. Uh-huh. And apparently there were a few different versions, and one version that Morris worked on was different than this. Okay. But basically... Mm-hmm. It was a finished album right? in the order that we're hearing it. Well, this is the order that it is now. And this is it. Whether this is how he intended it or not. Like it or not. That's right. It was recorded in just over a week in March of 2010, the 10th through the 19th of that month, with a tentative release planned for 2011 that obviously did not happen. Yeah, I would say the raw tracks were recorded then, but then... Mm-hmm. Uh, vocals and some overdubbing happened later on in the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Welcome to America tour. Of course there was. Of course there was. It went from uh, December of 2010 to May 2011. And there is a DVD in the Super Deluxe set of Welcome to America. Set your sights higher. It's a Blu-ray. Oh, a Blu-ray. I'm sorry. Not a DVD. Come on. Sorry. Oh, my mistake. My mistake. A Blu-ray, so hopefully really good quality. I'm told that it's excellent. We have yet to watch it. Yeah, we haven't watched it yet, yeah. but we will. And we'll be talking about that soon. Very soon. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty collaborative effort. Chris Coleman drummed, mm-hmm. and that was pretty fun story on the official Prince podcast with him talking about how all of that transpired, how he ended up working with him. and Yeah, uh, telling his heart to just keep beating because uh, he was so nervous uh-huh. and didn't want to die. Right. <laughs> and uh, Tal Wickenfell played bass mm-hmm. 
And she, they were both part of this initial recording Correct. that happened over that week. And then, of course, additional recordings were added in the spring. And those included contributions from Morris Hayes, Shelby J., uh, Elisa fiorello Dees, Liv Warfield, and John Blackwell. Yep. Super cool. It is. Yeah, the Welcome to America tour changed names as it went from place to place also. There was Welcome to Canada Uh for the shows that were played there. Um, So very interesting that uh, he would tour under a name of an album that was shelved. Whatever. Is there any more Prince thing you've ever heard in your life? (laughs) No. Do you think anybody who got to see the Welcome to America tour complained that there wasn't a Welcome to America CD for them to buy? No, they were just happy to see Prince. Correct. Let's just I'm sure you're right. Then you can't complain about that which you do not know. Exactly. All right. Well, there is a large and very nicely put together super deluxe set. But we've decided there's a lot going on in the music, so we're not going to talk about the printed paraphernalia that comes with it. We're just going to talk about the music today. Yes, we will talk about it. We will, but just not today. Right. Right. It's not like we looked at it and we're like... We're not going to talk about this. I refuse to speak of this. (laughs) Take this from me. (laughs) No, no. We'll talk about it, just not today. Yes, our version is the deluxe edition that includes the album on CD and on vinyl uh-huh. and also the Blu-ray of the concert, which unfortunately is the only way uh, to get the Blu-ray of the concert unless you order a Japanese version that has the CD of the album and the Blu-ray only. Yeah. You've got to uh, invest in a bigger package. I mean, like us, we'll never play the vinyl. Probably not. Um, but I'm happy to buy it and mm-hmm. support the estate and have it as a, you know, keepsake. Yeah. That's okay with me. Yeah. We have a spot for it on our bookshelf. It'll fit nicely in with others. Yes, it so will. So it'll be just fine. Right over there. That's right. Where I'm pointing. That's right. All right. Well, we had a request from a listener, hi, Ronnie, uh, to help with some of the American history it, that's incorporated into these songs. We'll do our best to talk about as much of that as we can as much as we're familiar with, as much as we can decipher. I was hoping we were going to be doing a drunk history edition <laughs> of Mountains in the Sea. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like me to go uh, pour you a shot of whiskey? I think it'll take more than just one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive in. Welcome to America. Or I think if he had released it last year... It might be welcome to Merca. Merca. <laughs> Five minutes and twenty-four seconds for the opening title track. Mm-hmm. A slow, almost spoken word poetry slam style to it. Yep, the first single from the album released April eighth, twenty twenty-one, just after the announcement that the album itself is going to be released. Right. And I uh, touched this very sparingly. I think I might have listened to it twice just to not get sick of it or tired of it or overplay it before the album came out. And I also wasn't super taken by it yeah. uh, on its initial release, too. My opinion has changed. Oh, good. Um, but, yeah, I tried to uh, kind of taper my way off of <laughs> something new. Sign of the time. That's right. Um, so, like... From the start, 
like many songs on this album, it starts with drum cymbals. Uh-huh. It's, if you count, it's amazing how many songs oh. start that way. And that's not a complaint because uh-huh. I'm one to complain about <laughs> songs fading out and things that don't sound recorded live, that kind of thing. And this certainly, this whole album has a very uh, live feel to it for sure yeah so i'm not trying to to podcast out of both sides of my mouth here (laughs) Uh, yeah i thought it started like real smooth and funky there is no rush to get to lyrics here nope it takes a little while yeah just kind of leaning into it oh yeah which i think is fun and it's not prince's voice that you hear first either it's uh the woman that you just mentioned yep uh singing background throughout this entire song Mm mm-hmm Uh, so this is obviously a, I don't want to say political statement, but a state of the union kind of statement. Yeah, a lot of commentary about goings on. Yes. Everything that's wrong with our country, essentially. <laughs> well, from Prince's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he can fit into five minutes and 24 seconds anyway. Yeah. Where you can fail at your job, get fired, rehired, and get a $700 billion tip. Welcome to America, where you can fail at your job, get fired, rehired, and get a $700 billion tip. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's got to be policing, because you police Mm -hmm. often when involved in a brutality case. Yeah. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes get fired, but... Because of the way the unions and things work, Mm -hmm. they end up getting rehired and budgets for policing are incredibly large in the United States. Many municipalities spend half or more of their budget on their police force. And, you know, that's kind of a, an issue that in 2021, we're trying to do some reckoning with. Right. So there's the issue of policing, there's the issue of kind of the maturing of the internet, you might say, when he mentions mass media information overload. Mm -hmm. Mass media information overload. Well, and that's mentioned later on this album too. And you can hear in the background what sounds like a PA announcement. The following (laughs) message is brought to you by Viacom. Uh Welcome to America. Distracted by the features. You know, so, um, I mean, th- if there's anything that dates this song, it's probably the mention of Viacom, which okay. is not the, you know, beast that it once was. Right. You know, it really ought to be brought to you by Google or Facebook. Uh-huh. Though he does mention Google. He does. And evidently Google's hip. Um, well, <laughs> I don't really think of Google as hip. Where everything and nothing that Google says is hip. Uh, it's more of a tool. Yeah, yeah. Not a tastemaker. I don't know that he was saying Google is hip. He's saying everything and nothing that Google says is hip. So everything that you get on a search result must be hip because oh. it's popular. But okay. what might be more meaningful might be pushed further in the search results. Okay. Because of algorithms and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. So that that stuff kind of dates... The song. It does. Uh, Here's something that dates Prince. Poke at the first George Bush. H.W. We will not raise your taxes. Read our lips. 
we will not raise your taxes. Read our lips. That was a campaign promise from the would-be president in 1988 at the Republican National Convention. Yeah. I was like... I thought about that. I'm like, does that date it, or is it still... Um, I don't think... And it, it's still an ongoing issue. It was like kind of the first big, oh, well, that was a lie. Uh-huh. Um, and it's still going on, because in the background, you hear that PA announcement say, the sales tax for the following items will be raised immediately. Uh-huh. Cigarettes were was one of them. Uh-huh. So, you know, almost like a tax on the poor. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that it dates the song. Yeah. I think it dates Prince. Yeah, he was paying attention. Yeah. Of course, I don't know how you could be alive then and not have been exposed to that comment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, if you weren't, if you're under the age of, goodness, 30, then yeah, that would not mean that much to you. But yeah, Google George W. Bush. H.W. H.W. Bush. Won't raise your taxes and watch him. <laughs> watch <laughs> him lie like yeah. a dog. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I don't know that he was really lying. That yeah, was probably was just intention, <laughs> but that was his intention. And once he got into the job, having despite having been vice president for eight years, realized it was more challenging than he thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Mentioning of the iPhone and the iPad mm-hmm. taken by a pretty face, distracted by the features of the iPhone. Got an application. To In other words. Taken by a pretty face. Somebody's watching you. Welcome to America. Which I thought was uh, a smart observation. Yeah. You know, obviously the iPhone is a pretty thing. Yeah. But then the ladies sing behind him, somebody's watching you. Uh-huh. And that was long before app tracking and privacy was revealed to be such a key issue, which we're dealing with today. Um, so maybe... A little ahead of its time there, too. Mm-hmm. I could see myself saying, well, what the heck's wrong with an iPhone? You know, people help you get stuff done, Prince, because they can connect with one another and connect with you. Right. And smartphones help them to do that <laughs> these days. Yeah, but he didn't he have had... to have one because no. his assistant had one. That's right. That's fine. He could have that person call. Uh-huh. Or look something up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One of our greatest exports was a thing called jazz. One of our greatest exports was a thing called jazz. Jazz is most certainly American music, pioneered primarily by black musicians, and it is an enduring form of art that is sometimes unacknowledged to have been pioneered by black artists. That's right. We got a crash crash course in jazz terminology a few episodes ago when Mm -hmm. we covered Madhouse 8 and 16. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, I like that. One of our greatest exports was a thing called jazz. Mm-hmm. And then he does some riffing vocals just after that that are really nice. He does. And there's also this background vocal by the ladies, Dismantle All Monopolies. Did you hear that? Nope. Um, and following that, it took me a while. I thought that I was hearing something else, but there is a mirror message in the song oh did you know that no you've got this look on your face like you do not know that i do not know that it's in the right channel primarily uh i thought it was because it's right after he says one of our greatest exports was a thing called jazz you think today's music will last and it almost sounds like a garbled version of slim shady to me oh that's what i thought it was at first 
but then dropped it into Audacity and ran it backwards. Uh, and it's all the ladies singing background, and they are chanting four statements. Clear the channel of Viacom. Clear the channel of facts. Clear the channel of sin. Clear the channel. Wow. And I think that is a direct jab at Clear Channel, which happened uh-huh. to be headquartered right here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. now is known as iHeartRadio, right. uh, but was a big force in the mass media at the time, both radio, outdoor, and I think that is obviously a uh, kind of a dig at Clear Channel. Ooh, very hidden though. Yes. Very interesting. No, I did not hear that. So we got a George H.W. Bush reference and then a much more current Obama campaign reference. Mm-hmm. Hope and change. Everything takes forever, he says, followed by a piano bit at two minutes and 45 seconds. Hope and change. Mm. Everything takes forever. And truth is a new minority. Hope and change. Certainly hope, with the O being the O and Obama logo, Mm -hmm. was a campaign slogan slash poster for Barack Obama. For sure. Very interested in presidential election stuff for somebody who didn't vote. That is one issue I take with all of this, that, um, you know, it's fine to say hope and change, everything takes forever, which I wouldn't argue with. I mean, it is the U.S. government. It is not a fast-moving race car. It is the Titanic that takes, you know, a long time to change course. But yeah, it is maybe a small bit hypocritical to complain about the state of the country you live in when you don't exercise your right to vote. Mm -hmm. I think that's tough to argue with. Yeah, I certainly respect the rights of everyone not to vote, but it's kind of like, well, you didn't participate, so you don't have room to complain. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'd probably be on that side of it. I did like the altered pledge, though. Oh, I wondered what you would think about that. I pledge allegiance to the earth of the United States of the universe. The Pledge of Allegiance will now read as follows. I pledge allegiance to the earth of the United States of the universe. I kind of loved how, like, there's these keys under it that were really nice, yeah. first of all. And then... I love the idea of the world of Earth being so unified that we would be part of an even greater, larger sort of entity. Right. But be a one people. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying for sure. It reminded me of United States of Division, which was a digital B-side, quote unquote, uh, from the Musicology album. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a little bit of the same messages here, but United States of the Universe. Yes, I agree. You know, we're uh, one people, one planet, and part of a bigger system. Right. Can I offer a nerd complaint? <laughs> <laughs> Just before that. Okay. Um, it's kind of another spoken word part uh, where you hear a woman say, Today we'd like to discuss America's plan to fix the educational system. And the more I listen to that, the more it just grates on me a little bit. And I'm sorry to be a grammar a-hole, 
But is it not the education system, not the educational system? It's not a system that educates. It's an education system. It's like the same reason it's the electric company, not the electrical company. Electric okay. and electrical education and educational. Wow. <laughs> I thought I might get a little support there. <laughs> I said it was a grammar a-hole complaint, but the more it's, I listen this... to it, especially if you're complaining about education in America, maybe get the grammar right, or maybe it's just a, a planned irony for it to be, you know, WW, wrong word, Uh huh. because of the system of which we are speaking. Yes. To complain about that is also a bit on the elitist side. You calling me elite? I'm saying... <laughs> You're elite in my book, dear. Mm. Uh, but it tends to marginalize people who didn't have access to a more robust education system. Education system, you say. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I said it was a grammar a-hole take. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll I admit agree that. with that part. But and I just, think it doesn't matter. I think the, I'm not saying the message matters. is clear. The message is clear. Clear the channel of facts. <laughs> clear the channel of the educational system issues. Mm-hmm. So Prince says uh, there's no arguing with the book. What book? Gonna, I was just going to ask you how you felt about there's no arguing with a book. I think he says with a book. There is no arguing with the book. When am I going to learn something new? There was no arguing with the book. The lyrics I found online, anyway, say the book. The one thing I have not looked uh, at is lyrics in the right. deluxe packaging. Mm. I think he's saying there's no arguing with a book. Oh, so like you can't say a book you can't talk to and have a conversation with. It, the, Ye- it's printed and finalized. Yes. Yeah. I believe that's what he's saying. But okay. it also rem- reminded me of... Gosh, I should have looked it up. There's an SNL skit of like high school overdramatic theater where, you know, they all walk on stage and they're snapping and they're talking about, you know, freedom, freedom Ugh. and like issues that are important, but it comes off so silly. Okay. And that's what I kind of pictured was the cast of SNL coming <laughs> on stage and going, there's no arguing with a book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're right. I just, I, I think that's what he's saying there. Um, okay. I don't know that that's a very open-minded thinking way of thinking about, I mean, there's plenty of books written by white supremacists that, you know, you would certainly take issue with. What I feel like he's saying is there's no, sit down and read and educate yourself. Okay. There's no arguing with a book like we do oh. today where everyone's opinion needs to be uh, fought. Oh, see, and I saw it different. Because I was like, okay, so which book, first of all? Yeah. Is it the Bible? Maybe. Then, okay, there's no arguing with it, but there sure is a lot of arguing about it. I think if it had been the Bible, he would have said something like the good book or something along those lines. I don't know. But if it's a history book, yeah. well, yeah. okay, History is written by the victors. Correct. So it's not really a accurate, necessarily, representation of what happened. You're right. It's it's written from the perspective of whoever 
won whatever disagreement was happening. You're right. And that, that I can see also that he's basically making a statement about what we're taught in yeah. the educational system, if you will, <laughs> that uh, because it's in a book, it seems like a fact. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So I guess, and maybe that's on purpose, there's a lot of ways to, to take that statement. There's no arguing sure. with a book. Um, especially with what's going on in the background with, I think it's Shelby Jay who's saying, when am I going to learn something new? Who's going to teach it to me? You? What's that outside my windows? Our free will? Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, reading those lines that follow, there's no arguing with a book. You might be more on the right track there. Yeah. However, then you get to, you say yes, I say no, let love flow. Our free will. Or yet love flows. I can't quite tell what's being said there. But to me, that's coming off of no arguing with the book. However, you say yes, I say no. Let's still love one another. Okay. Is what I heard there. Yeah. That's why I wondered if maybe it was the Bible. Because it was talking about love right after the book or a book. Maybe. I just yeah. thought I had it more like as a school system thing coming mm-hmm. off of the, right. we're going to fix the educational system uh-huh. and I pledge allegiance, rewritten, and uh-huh. then book. Okay. It all seemed to follow Ooh, this kind yeah. of academic path. Okay. I can get on board with that. Yeah. A little bit of recognition that uh, women are often treated as less than. Oh, yeah, especially when it comes to salaries. Yeah, advancement up from the underclass. America can provide many opportunities for the young female who wishes to work. What a say. For her own advancement up from the underclass to become one. Yes. Um, Which is mm-hmm. very an acknowledgement of, okay, so there's white men mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, as Christy lifts her hand over her head for white men, and then women is about neck level. Uh, but you're right. It's about pay equity. Yes. Um, and opportunity equity. Right. I do like his take on where you can go to school to become a celebrity. <laughs> and the ladies spell out famous, F-A-M-O-U-S, uh-huh. in the background. Yep. And it's almost certainly a dig at the Kardashians. Sure. You know, because everybody and their mama got a sex tape. Go to school to become a celebrity. But don't be late. Everybody and their mama got a sex tape. So how did Kim Kardashian get famous? Right. A sex tape. How did they... They deny this, but it's widely believed that Chris and then Bruce, Mm -hmm. then Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner, released a sex tape in order to promote keeping up with the Kardashians. So her mama had a sex tape. Yeah. Kind of a cute saying, we snatch bass players, not purses. Uh I was (laughs) like, did he snatch Tal Wickenfeld from somewhere? Yeah. He he just... uh, Snatched her out of obscurity, maybe. Yeah. 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 And now she's got, I don't know, like 12,000 followers or something on Facebook. Yep. We snatch bass players, not purses. Land of the free, home of the brave. Oops, Uh I mean, land of the free, home of the slave. Yeah. Or two different 
societies. Yep. The privileged and the unprivileged. Mm-hmm. It's worse. And it kind of works on a couple of levels here the you know the artist slavery but also the class of politicians big business the media yep and you Consumers. know the, the rest of us are basically slaves to Sh- them sure yeah or at least yeah. sheep yeah yeah like i said on more and more listens to this i really started to enjoy it a mm-hmm. lot more his guitar playing on this i think is great the rhythm guitar throughout it doesn't really go a lot of places musically but a nice intro to the album, and that's kind of what I was hoping that it would be. After mm-hmm. I don't know for that reason that it made a particularly great first single from <laughs> right. the album. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but maybe they're just trying to hang on to Prince's legacy of odd single choices. And <laughs> to that I say, you succeeded. There the we go. Yeah, I think this is a, a very good opening track for yeah. the album. And uh, sounds good also. The way mm-hmm. you know that live band sound has kind of a rainbow children feel to it without the religious overtones and dogma and that kind of stuff. Although we're still, you know, very opinionated here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's more about facts than it is religious opinion. Right. I could agree with that. All right. Then we have running game, son of a slave master. Four minutes and five seconds. And I don't want to shock you, but starts off with a symbol. <laughs> and there's actual people there with him when he calls for the band? Yes, that's true. It's not just him it's calling on himself. The, yeah, like, hit me. And it's him hitting himself like like a child where you take their hand and you're like, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing that for? <laughs> Yeah. Very laid back beat and rhythm guitar to uh-huh. open this. Yeah. And there's like a spacey retro sound yeah. to the music. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Me too. Yes. I was, um, usually I'm not a huge fan of Prince albums that kind of start off slow and this one does. Um, you don't get kind of a upbeat song until well deep into the album. Yeah. Um, but something about this caught me and, you know, I was all ears. Verse one handled by Shelby J. Mm-hmm. How many gats in the slacks be showing? Betcha that the man downtown be knowing. How many gats in the slacks be showing? Betcha that the man downtown be knowing. Waxed Which I believe is the police. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I had to look up gats in 1995 because it was the first time I ever heard the word gat used oh. was in now from the gold experience. Oh, that's right. And I didn't know what it was. I don't need a gat. Yeah. I'm like, what's a gat? Why it's don't like, you need it? It's the, the animals that dogs chase. <laughs> <laughs> they have nine lives and sometimes wear hats. Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. Eat lasagna. Uh-huh. All right. He still has uh, beef and distrust of record companies. That hasn't gone away. Good to see things haven't changed that much. Since Correct. The 90s. Uh, how much do you want for that real dope beat? Another A&R man lying through his teeth. How much do you want for that real dope beat? Um, And 
this was explained a little bit more by Anil Dash in the third episode of the Official Prince podcast, that how knowledgeable Prince was to um, the dawn of the streaming age and how much it was going to benefit people who sold music, the companies that sold music, but not so much the artists that were making music. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, as far as the son of a slave master keeping it going... I never had a problem particularly with Prince making the slave comparison, you know, writing it on his face in the early to mid 90s. Um, But what I did have a problem with was when he kind of backtracked and said that he never meant to compare the record industry to slavery in the South. But he does keep coming back to that comparison. Yeah. I mean, here's an entire song, you know, in the same way. But I think more so he's more than calling himself a slave, he's calling executives and big companies slave the next owners. generation of slave masters. Right. So again, I can see how you could tiptoe around it. Yeah. But it's still <laughs> treading on the same yeah, territory, right? Yeah. And I didn't know what A&R stood for. Oh, I think that's so, what they... Artist oh, and repertoire. Yes. And basically talent scouts yeah. is what they are. Right. Yeah. I think Anil Dash said on the Prince podcast that, um, you know, he was approached, uh-huh. you know, to get his music on streaming services. Uh, and his answer was, so you want me to give you my music? You get to decide how much to charge for it. You get to decide how it's curated. You get to decide what artists are related to me to kind of lead people to discover new talent. And I don't get to have a say in any of that. It does not sound like a good deal to me. Uh-huh. And um, I've got to give him credit. Yeah. Um, well, it ticked me off that, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you wanted to be able to stream stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I owned it all anyway, but I just wanted his music to be available. That was my thing. The more people that could hear it, the better off he would be. And I think that that would be the one positive in his mind of being on streaming services, but the negatives completely outweighed it. And he right. focused on touring and playing live shows and um, getting his music out that way. Yeah. So I was thinking about Son of a Slave Master and how that related and what it meant. Mm -hmm. And so what I think it is, is it's this illusion of power that on the plantations, even children of the slave master and a slave may have an illusion of power. They might have a little more clout there. You know, maybe they're still a slave, but they're a slave with more opportunity or more power. They're the son of the slave master. But it's really only an illusion of power because they're not white, right? Yeah. They're not white enough for those people. So the artists appear to have power. When you're listening to them, they you know they go on talk shows. You see them perform. They're controlling the crowd. They appear to have power, but they don't. Okay. So that I think sense. that's maybe the comparison there. Which again says it's not about slavery in the South and the U.S. Right. But son of a slave master is very clearly a reference to that. Yeah. So. True. Um, even the next verse that Shelby J sings, 25,000 likes yeah. selling it free, seems like a lot next to poverty. Back on the street. 25,000 likes selling it free, seems like a lot next to poverty. How much, How much you really want for all them beats. Um, so for a starving artist, so to speak, a streaming service or record label could offer 
what's really pennies to them, $25,000, and that's more money than yeah. uh, these artists have ever seen in their lives. So it's uh, an easy thing to scoop up and control. Right. And, uh, yeah, you have an illusion of an artist that you just got paid when you really just got taken. Right. All the gates of Henry uncovered your past. Uh-huh. So I looked up, like, this This is a reference to something. I wondered if this was what you were referring to when you mentioned this. Yeah, Harvard Professor yeah. Henry Louis Gates Jr., yeah. um, historian and philosopher, professor, all of these things, and he rediscovered the earliest African-American novels that are, that's the past that he uncovered. And I do say African-American rather than black, because these were works written a long time ago when they, these most black people in America were from Africa. They had been, they or their ancestors had been brought over from Africa. I thought it was also noteworthy that Henry Gates is an African-American research professor at Harvard University, which is where Cornell West is also a professor, a close Mm -hmm. friend of Prince's, who's also been on the, on episode two of the official Official. Prince podcast. So there's, I wonder if uh, he might've been made aware of Henry Gates through Cornell West. Oh yeah. That would make sense. They spell out ass. Yeah, I still, you know, again, the um, the small amount of hypocrisy with, you know, I'm not going to swear anymore, but you can still spell out bad words, yeah. swear words. Yeah, or um, have words that rhyme and then not, yes. just not say them right. so that you're yeah. forcing the listener to say them yes. to complete the rhyme. Right, yeah. right. And I kind of understand that in a way because, yes, you can make your point without swearing, but you're still implanting the, the word into yeah. the listener's ear. Exactly. You're still responsible for me, <laughs> you know, thinking yeah. the word ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Yeah. So I don't quite know what to make of this. Black on black crime, Abel mm-hmm. and Cain. Yeah. Black on black I would say black on black crime is usually a racist dog whistle. But if you have a historical reading of the Bible, Cain and Abel probably would have been dark skinned people based on the time they were living and where in the world they were living. So, and that's also kind of a racist tool sometimes too. Yeah. You know, that Cain was black and bad and Abel was white and good. And good was killed by the bad. So I'm like, I don't really know what to make of all that. I thought you were going to say the next line was the one that has you confused. You would think high yellow would be ashamed. You would think high yellow would be ashamed. I mean. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. The. I, I just didn't even know what to think about that. So I. I mean, me either. So we've got black and black crime. Abel and Cain. Yellow is a word used for someone who's uh, of Asian descent, usually either of Asian descent or yellow could also be your scaredy cat. Yeah. You don't have any courage. Okay. Um, but n- none of that kind of fits here. So I don't know. Yeah. It's cryptic. What to make of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do like how Prince sings somebody call 911 and leave his name. He's got this falsetto thing and then a baritone thing and uh-huh. then almost spoken word thing going on there. It's very unique delivery. Somebody call 911 Well, and whose name are they leaving with 911? Oh, I thought that it was... Um, Kane? I thought... Well, no. I thought that it was uh, the son of a slave master's name. Oh, okay. But I could also be wrong. Okay. I was just confused as to whose name we're leaving with 911. Um, it's about, he said earlier, in the 21st century, it's still about greed and fame. Uh-huh. So, yeah. uh, and that's where you get the rhyme with somebody call 911 and leave his name. Um, yeah, but whose name? Well, I think that's like, let's call and report these people who are taking advantage of the least of us. Oh, Okay. That was my take. Okay. And then even m- more of me loving Prince's voice. Uh-huh. It's kind of this nasal delivery right after that when he sings, Son of a, son of a, son of a slave master. Son of a, son of a, son of a, son of a slave master. Of course, I want to finish son of a with a different word there yeah. too. Yeah. Thanks, Prince. Yeah. Not gun, I'm thinking, is not what comes to your mind. No, a female dog. Uh-huh. Where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, I just thought the delivery there was kind of... Yeah. And then we finally get the still running game. Like, you get where the title of this is coming from. It's been all about Son of a Slave Master until here. Uh-huh. Uh, still running game, which we covered jukebox with a heartbeat mm-hmm. in our last episode. Jukebox with a heartbeat trying to run a game on me here. Son of a slave master still running game, you know, yep. trying to take advantage of me. Right. Treat me like a fool. Yep. Interesting song. Yes. Um, I was neither offended nor Delighted. bobbing my head. Uh-huh. Completely in agreement. Right. I fell in the middle somewhere, but I did enjoy the song. Yeah, that's fair. Then we have a story song, Born to Die. Mm-hmm. The second single, it was released June 3rd of 2021. It's five minutes and three seconds, and guess what? Starts with a symbol. (laughs) (laughs) This song reportedly came about because Dr. Cornell West, a philosopher professor at Ivy League schools, author, and much more. Stated during a speech, I love my brother Prince, but he's no Curtis Mayfield. Uh, Mr. Mayfield was a Grammy award-winning artist who was deeply influential in the soul, funk, R&B community and more, both with his vocal group, The Impressions, and in his solo career. Uh, to that, Prince respectfully asked Dr. West to hold his vegan milkshake. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Morris Hayes told this story on the Prince podcast uh, that Prince would sometimes just go down the rabbit hole of YouTube. And yes. That's how he came across this video of Dr. Cornell West saying this. And you know, Morris does a Prince impression where he's like, oh, really? We'll see about that. <laughs> so, kind of brought to mind My Medallion. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's another story song. She's one of Bebe's kids, y'all. Uh-huh. Bebe. <laughs> Bebe. Baby's Kids, which we now know was a movie. Correct. Uh, Verse one, a woman's 
tragic story of scrambling just to survive. Yep. I think this is part of it being born to die. She's just yep. living from day to day. Yes, and also brought to life in a cyclical tragedy, I guess. Yeah. You'd say. And it's kinda, hard to break the cycle. Yeah. Used by the system until no longer valuable. Right. And then discarded. Right. Yeah. Is there is that an indictment of the church or of the woman? She left the church a long time ago and said they couldn't teach what they did not know. She left the church a long time ago. Said they couldn't teach what they did not know. I think more of the church that I think um, so too. You know, that it's almost like, well, this church is out of touch or the church is out of touch with uh-huh. people who really need help from the church. Right. Um, you know, when she says they couldn't teach what they did not know. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess what they need to know is, you know, compassion and empathy and. Yeah. Like there's a reason why people lead the lives that they do. Uh-huh. And, uh, sometimes traditional means are not the way to break the cycle. Right. So she's pimping every bottle from New York to L.A. And now she's pimping every bottle from New York to L.A. Asking why she do that thing. She says it's always been that way. No, was she selling drugs? Or maybe she's uh, doing liquor promotions. <laughs> I, that's as good of an <laughs> argument as any. I mean, I don't know. Like, or like she's trying to take advantage of Johns, you know, by encouraging them to drink more so she can get more money out of them, or not get them drunk enough that they don't remember that they didn't do whatever she didn't do whatever thing that they paid her to do. Yeah. Or I don't know. There's a it's a little opaque. It's unclear for sure. Yeah. I do like the refrain and the chorus of getcha, getcha. Which is like a short version of uh, what he says at the opening of the song, one hit and she'll get you high. Uh-huh. She's back. Getcha, getcha is this refrain that I think is kind of cool and uh, uniquely delivered in his falsetto. Mm -hmm. If you ain't living right, you know you're born to die. If you ain't living right, you know you're born to die. And I wonder if that is maybe another indictment of the church. Modern Christianity is really obsessed with the afterlife, going to heaven, saving souls. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of that. So if you are so concerned with only the afterlife, then this life doesn't really matter that much. That's true. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if, you know, you're born to die if, if you don't know Jesus or God, depending on what you subscribe to, that if you never come to be a believer, then you're going to end up in hell anyway, dead, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're born to die if you're not saved. I don't know if maybe that's a reading of this. It's definitely one, especially with the mention of the church earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say also, you know, pimping every bottle could also be, you know, a unclean lifestyle. Right. 
um, which Prince was pretty outspoken about, you know, even though we now know that it might have been a little hypocritical. Right. Um, at least late in his life. There's these whispers and then also full lovely vocals in the bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Prince is, you know, wonderful when he works alone. But when he can bring out beautiful things in others with collaboration, it's really something special. Yeah, when I first listened to this album, all of the female vocal backgrounds bothered me a little. And I I think that was uh, my own expectation of hearing more of Prince. Okay. Um, But the more I listened to each of these songs, the more I came to appreciate um, what each of the background singers brought to the songs that they're featured in. Mm -hmm. So I would agree. I did like the line, as far as she's concerned, crime does pay. Ask her when, she said, from the first day. As far as she's concerned, crime does pay. Ask her when, she said, from the first day. What you mean? <laughs> like, this is paid from the moment I started doing it. Right. Aw. Then the subject of this story song meets a tragic end. Mm-hmm. Fell from a window three stories off the ground. Yep. But nobody really seems to know her. Oh, what happened? Oh, you know, nobody really seems to know her. I wonder if that's maybe a little bit of a dig at not having community. Yeah. mentioned even with right. the, the whispering and stuff happening at the end about oh my goodness look at her you know they're uh uh hope she's all right does anybody know what happened girl she fell she fell uh-huh but it's yeah. no one that knows her in any way right again chewed up and used by the system right then we have 1000 light years from here it was released as part of Black Muse on Hit and Run Phase 2. Correct. The last three minutes and five seconds of that song were, at least in part, this song. John Blackwell is on drums. Uh, horns were added later. Are they real horns? I thought that they were kind of, you know, synthy. I could be wrong. But I will tell you this. Hey, 1,000 <laughs> light years from here. Five minutes and 47 seconds. And how does it start? Uh-huh. Light and lovely symbols. Yep. Um, I would say this is the first time I can hear an acoustic guitar on this album, too, during mm-hmm. the instrumental intro. Yep. Uh, which I find very nice. And this song is, um, yeah, it's featured as the second half of Black Muse, but the lyrics here are uh, very different. Okay. In the same vein, but um, just different. Yeah. And this, I think, is mostly talking about the mortgage crisis. From 2009, 2008, 2009. That's the historical context of this song. Okay. I believe we can live underwater. It ain't hard when you've never been a part of the country on dry land. We can live underwater. It ain't hard when you've never been a part of the country on dry land. 
that crisis hit a lot of people, right. but it particularly hit low-income people and people of color. Yeah, people who uh, were made to qualify for loans that they couldn't afford to pay back. Right. Yeah, that's, yes. you know, being underwater. Yes. Is... And there were, I knew lots of people who moved here from Las Vegas shortly after that, who only within the past two or three years were finally not quote unquote underwater in their home that they owned there. Hmm. I knew two different couples who had homes in Las Vegas that when they bought them, they were worth a lot. Then the mortgage crisis came to fruition. They were underwater in their homes. They had to rent them out Uh because they couldn't afford to make the payments and they were rented them out to put all of the rent towards their mortgage and still had to kick in a few hundred dollars because they were so underwater on that home. Right. So I really think that that's, what this is, what this is mostly about. All right. I think that, um, you know, the statement, 1,000 light years away from here. 1,000 light years away from here. About how far away change is. Mm-hmm. That it seems right around the corner, but it's really almost unreachable. Well, like the American dream. When you're underwater in your home and you've scraped and saved and tried and did everything you could to achieve this American dream of home ownership and stability. And then that actual dream, the reality of it when you're underwater in your home is thousand light years from here. Yeah. Yeah. So far away. Yeah. It's not even something it's so far away. You can't even comprehend it. Right. Yeah. Cause a thousand light years is a very, very a one light year, literally an astronomical distance. Right. Correct. Yeah. But it's just a nightmare if you've still got borders. But it's just a nightmare if you've still got borders. This new world order. Yeah. That he's sort of calling to fruition. Well, it's like the United States of the Universe Universe. that we were talking about. That Uh uh, you can't have that if we're, you know, drawing lines in the sand between all of us. Right. If we're arguing amongst ourselves, we can't be one cohesive world. Yeah. And it's not like border issues have gotten better (laughs) since 2010. Nope. Why would God make heaven so far away? Why would God make heaven so far away? And that makes me a little bit sad, honestly, because I think that's the whole point that heaven is an incomprehensible distance away because we're supposed to focus on this life and not the afterlife. Yeah. Where he also sings a whole world of his children crying to him every day. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also, I don't know that that is even him saying that, or is that him saying what the world is saying? Yeah. You know, that, um, you know, if there is a God, why would he let this person die needlessly? Right. Or, you know, all these things. And that's not what faith is no. uh, about. But I kind of see it as a reiteration of that condemnation of modern Christianity. Yeah, or the failure we, of the church. Yeah, we just saw that in Born to Die. Mm-hmm. And here it is, reiterated again. Right. Focus on this life. Focus on you know, bettering the life of your neighbors and... Yeah, and to his credit, that's um, something Prince was doing at this time, mm-hmm. too, secretly and quietly. 
For sure. Um, but he was preaching the way he behaved personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an instrumental break and a nice muted guitar solo yeah. at two minutes and 51 seconds. That's it's so great. Like the music in there is so happy and yeah. fun. And it's really a, lyrically a heavy song. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's a nice uh, yin-yang kind of thing going Mm -hmm. on there where the music is uplifting and the message is, I don't know if it's troubling, but it's just a statement of, you know, the human condition. Yeah. Uh, And if it was all good, we wouldn't call it the human condition. Well, true. Stop looking in the mirror. There's nothing to fear. Your salvation is near. A thousand light years away from here. Yeah. Stop looking in the mirror. There's nothing to fear. I think there's a lot of meaning packed into those just well, those few words. Oh yeah, especially when he's previously said, "Why would God make heaven so far away?" Uh-huh. Then your salvation, salvation is, is near, near. one thousand light years away from here. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, something. Also, dropping your perception of space and time, which I think is kind of a Prince staple. Okay. You know, yeah, it might be, it might seem far away, but it's, it's, it's achievable. It's doable. Mm. See, and I think it's, uh, again, the, the mortgage crisis stuff that the mirror is the mortgage crisis that was partially blamed on people being irresponsible, right? you know, borrowing more than they could afford when really the onus rests on predatory lenders but the salvation it's it's near because it's your neighbor it's your community and a thousand light years from here maybe isn't so far if you have help to get there if you have the rocket ship or the help of your neighbor or the you know locally owned bank down the street that'll help you refinance your mortgage so that you can afford to stay in your home these are the kinds of community things that people could do Mm -hmm. to save their neighbor yeah you're right yeah even uh later on uh where he's kind of vamping over 1000 light years from here and he says just clap your hands don't understand they keep selling lies to people buying yes uh you can live forever without even trying So there's definitely a mortgage undertone there, but also a religious undertone there. No more dying. No more at four minutes and 44 seconds. And it's kind of one of those, no more. It's a growly kind of voice. But. Uh-huh. Kind of contrasting buying and selling and living and dying mm-hmm. and salvation. Yes, I agree. We mentioned this a couple episodes ago when we talked about hypnoparadise and the clavicle organ. There's a small hint of a clavicle organ at 5 minutes and 19 seconds uh, right after one of the final 1,000 light years away from here refrains. That was... Interesting, if you've yeah. been following along. The clavinet. The clavinet. 
Is that yes. a clavicle organ? Are those the same things? I might have just, I, I just might have made up a word. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure that your clavicle is like a You're bone. Right. You're right. That's <laughs> just right. making sure that I understand. Well, if they'd fix the educational system, then... <laughs> Then we have Hot Summer, which may have been the actual first single from this album because it didn't have a proper release, but it was streamed on Minnesota's The Current on June 7th, 2010, Prince's 52nd birthday. Yep, and it has been in circulation among uh, collectors and whatnot since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is probably easily the first song heard from this album. Yes. I think among... Some fans, this song gets a little shade. Oh, uh, yeah. You might say. Uh, there's people who love it. There's people who do not love it. Uh-huh. Um, but I say to listen to it in the context of this album. And I think you kind of realize the need for a little levity. Yes. From a very serious album. Yes. And I think that the sequencing here, whether it was Prince doing it or, you know, an initial concept of Prince to position it here... Um, was definitely on purpose. You yes. Know, to, to, I think that he wasn't out to make a an entire social justice album from start to finish. There's, right. There's um, some fun to be had. Yes, this is a summer jam. It is. Um, and I liked it a lot also when it was called Shake on Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> There are a lot of similarities. If you listen to the organ part. Then go listen to Shake. Okay. summer and shake fun there was a seven inch single release of this song as a cover mount with the august 2021 issue of rolling stone in germany that's right um i think was it prince vault or i want to say it was prince vault that gave is giving one away to a sweet oh really oh fun yeah yeah it sounds like being at a concert on a beach a little bit to me it's um although you know, I was listening to this again the last time before we sat down to record. There were some parts of this that made me think, yeah, it's a fun summer jam, but there are some parts of it to me that also might be a signal of challenges. Like anybody close enough to hear knows what we've been listening to all year. Mm-hmm. These are the days my people told me to fear, but as long as I got your ear, I think it's going to be a hot summer. Anybody close enough to hear? Knows what we've been listening to all year These are the days my people told me to fear As long as I got your ear I think it's gonna be hot summer What does he have? What are, what are people telling him that he has to fear? And he's just saying, I think it's gonna be a hot summer. Like, mm. we're gonna get stuff done uh-huh. this summer, kind of. Or it's gonna be a fun summer. It's just gonna Maybe. be... I'm supposed to be afraid, but really, we're just going to go to the beach. <laughs> Maybe so. It's hot. It's hot. Uh, but I think any song where you get Prince singing as part of the chorus, Shooby Doo Wee, <laughs> it's a <Yes>. fun song. <laughs> For sure. Summer. 
Uh, there's kind of a repeating bongo part too. The first time you hear it is at one minute. As long as you're my company. That's my bongo impression. Yep. Um, since I mentioned the educational system, I'm going to go ahead and stick to my guns here. See the people gathered all around, dancing to a futuristical sound. See the people gathered all around, dancing to a futuristical sound. See, and that's a Prince made up word. It's fun. That's fun. I agree. But it's not part of complaining about a system that should be educating us to be smarter, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. it's, it's, it's not ironically a new word. Right. Um, but I think it's funny that they're calling it a futuristical sound. And mm-hmm. right after that, Prince says, shooby dooby, shooby dooby, shooby dooby, shooby dooby, shooby dooby, which is very like 60s retro. Oh, well, he, I guess he says it as part of the chorus. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with the what he's rhyming with around and sound. And he says, some of them are teachers, some are clowns. All oh. deserve a hug and a pound. Some of them are teachers, some are clowns. All deserve a hug and a pound. Because that brings props and pounds to mind a little bit. Okay. Um, but again, just it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a teacher or, you know, a jerk-off clown... <laughs> You can Princess bring joy saying, or right. irritation. And that's okay. Yeah. It's going to be a hot summer. <laughs> Shooby doo wee. Great little guitar solo at a minute and 47 seconds. Oh. Hot summer. Let me see you shake your hair now. Hot summer. Let me see you shake your hair now. Okay. Fine. Yep. You got a relationship with your favorite friend. Ain't no breaks, but a whole lot of bend. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier to have that sort of flexibility in a relationship that's maybe not romantic. Right. But you can cut you some slack. Have a long time relationship with somebody and not take a break. Yes. I thought it was great. I also liked, why is life always a mystery? It will be whatever it will be. It all depends on what you think you see. And then you, I don't know. But me, I think it's going to be a hot summer. It's Uh like a a kind of a fun twist on, I don't know about you. Uh But as for me, I think it's going to be a hot summer. I just, it took me a minute to kind of get there. Like I'm singing along, you, I don't know about me. Oh, I see what he's saying there. Like, I don't know what you're thinking is going to happen, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a hot summer. I think it's going to be hot summer. And we get that same little guitar solo at two minutes and 47 seconds, yeah. too. That's great. And then there's a rare case of a fade that I think really works. Yes. I would also say that it's not a necessary fade because if you listen to it, it does come to a proper end halfway through the fade out. Uh Uh-huh. 
So to me, it's like, why are you fading out and giving me a proper end? They could have just come to an end well, and had this live. Well, because they're driving off in their car. No, they're not. They're driving off, or it's the even the days, the long, endless days of summer, kind of just fade away rather than abruptly end. What day abruptly ends? I mean, there's a sunset every day, right? It takes a while for the sun to go down. I don't know. Sometimes you can tell this guy is from Minnesota because no one where we live in, outside of San Antonio, Texas, is going to be singing and celebrating a hot summer. <laughs> well, this is true. I think that if Prince had lived in San Antonio, we'd be singing a pop rock song called Cold Winter. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I don't know, come May, everyone here is like, oh my God, can we just please get through the next four months uh-huh. and still be alive? Uh-huh. But I can see, like, you know, in a northern state like Minnesota, give us as much hot weather as you can. Yes. Then we have Stand Up and Be Strong. Okay. Hey. Hey. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but are, are those symbols that are starting this song? A cover of Soul Asylum's song from their 2006 album, The Silver Lining. Michael Bland was in the... He toured with them. I don't think he played on the the, studio track. He was the original drummer for Soul Asylum. Oh, I thought he toured with them, but you may be right. Yeah. I think a lot of folks who are reviewing this album also don't realize this is a cover song. Yeah. uh, Because they're giving Prince a lot of credit for lyrics that... Uh, While this is certainly his take on the song, it's not his song. Right. Right? He made it his song, but these are not Prince's uh, musings. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. He did a recorded version of this song with Sonny T and Michael Bland in 2007. And he played the song live for the Ebony Magazine staff as they interviewed him for an article. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, his studio version that's more of a grunge rock mm-hmm. take, which is like the Soul Asylum version, is certainly a grunge rock song. Right. Um, is not in circulation, remains unreleased. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one with some retro feel with these da-da-da's. Oh, yeah. Very retro kind of... Big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elisa Fiorillo gets uh, featured at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yep. Um, and I think she sounds great. I think she and Prince are excellent. It's, a, it's an excellent duet pairing. Yes, I would agree. I will say. The, in fact, Prince's mix of falsetto and baritone singing when he sings, Your knees get weak. Yes, they do. Your heart grows cold. And you're tired of doing everything you've been told. Your knees get weak. Yes, they do. Your heart grows cold. You're tired of doing everything that you're told. It reminds me of the song Resolution from Planet Earth, 2007. It's kind of that same vocal delivery that we didn't get a lot from Prince. I mean, he he would sing in falsetto or sing in baritone, Uh uh, but not mix them in the same line as much until later in his career. And that happens here, and I think it's really successful. Very cool. Some of the lyrics I read online for the chorus read, It's almost on. Stand up and be strong. Find a brand new song before they're gone. Stand up and be strong. I do not think that's what they're saying. I think they're singing, It's almost 
Dawn, D-A-W-N. Okay. It's almost dawn. Stand up and be strong. I do think that piano is really nicely played. It does feel a little bit like a song from a musical done by high school students. A little bit. Mm. But not Uh, like in a bad way. Like that's kind of what I I was like. That sounds really derogatory, but I can imagine like high school students or college students performing a play and having this song in in it sung kind of in this style Mm. and having it be very uplifting and fun and enjoyable. Yeah. It's inspirational. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I don't know. My heart sunk a little bit on verse two. If you live in the Hills, take too many pills because you've lost the thrill against your own will stand up and be strong. Uh huh. If you live in the Hills, if you live in the Hills, take too many pills. Oh, too many and is that not like, how prince's life yeah. ended i mean his uh sister taika said that she told him i think i've done everything i was sent here to do as yeah. if to say i've lost the will and i'm kind of yeah. giving up yeah that hit me hard yeah um, well and uh judith hill had said that he told her that he was happier sleeping than he was being awake towards the end of his life. And that was super unusual for a man who barely slept by most accounts. So yeah. Yeah, Or even more sad if he slept just as little and that those few moments that he did sleep was when he was happiest. happiest. Yeah. Sad. It really is sad. Um, Obviously that's not what this song is singing about, but it certainly fits into his life story. And I'm surprised it hasn't gotten a little more play. Yeah. Uh, because of it being so true to his story. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with you know. not oh. not having that be something that defines this narrative around this album so much. Sure. I mean, it's been covered. Everyone knows what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to ignore when you hear that type of thing. Right. Um, my least favorite organ sound. Oh, yeah, the like the Hammond yeah, organ. Yeah, the one that you like and I don't. Oh, I absolutely love it. I know you do, and I don't like it at all. Oh, well, that's, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. You're so wrong. Yeah, there's some <laughs> really great guitar. There uh, is at two minutes and forty eight seconds, and he kind of sings along with the guitar part too, which is one of our favorite yes. things for Prince to do in the studio. And my favorite vocal moment in this song is uh, so Elisa sings when the world is too long and your rights are all wrong. When the war is too long, and your rights are all wrong. And then Prince comes in and sings kind of in this nasally delivery. Uh-huh. When they lie to your face, put them in their place, stand up okay. and be strong. When they lie to your face, put them in their place, stand up and be strong. And the way he delivers those lines, I think it's, if I had to pick like 10 seconds on this album, 
that would be my favorite. Oh, cool. That's it. Okay. I just would, uh, the first time I heard it, and I had not heard the song before this album came out, I kept hitting, you know, rewind 30 seconds, rewind 30 seconds, uh-huh. rewind 30 seconds. So I could hear it over and over again. I just yeah. think that it's, and it's nothing spectacular. It's not like he hits this high note or anything like that, but it's just the. It just works. It just works. And, you know, it, it almost sounds like he's singing Stand Up and Be Strong to people who you know are lying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a strong delivery. I don't know. Yeah. It just was one of those moments to me that really worked. Yeah. I really like the contrast of the very rock and roll guitar and then claps and gospel flavor uh-huh. of the singing. It just really ends on a very high note. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the three minutes and 18 seconds, the guitar solo kind of matches the da 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 part of the song uh-huh. and then a very gospel part of singing at three minutes and 33 seconds that is very boy talk about churchy it is um and i think it's got a lovely piano bass and drum breakdown to end the song properly mm-hmm. too that is is really nice i do want to back up to the very beginning of this song though and okay tell you something that really sits unwell with me okay about 20 seconds into the song into, I'm sorry, into Elisa's intro lyrics. Okay. You can hear this clicking sound that okay. almost sounds like a bad MP3 rip or a scratched CD. It's this fluttering kind of click. You might just think your life has gone on for too long. Okay. And I'm almost hesitant to tell you about it because once you hear it, it really makes it difficult to listen to. There are audio flaws throughout this song that are so bad, uh-huh. uh, particularly at a minute and 35 seconds when they all sing Stand Up and Be Strong. It's got this that sounds like a damaged CD playing. Stand up and be strong. Yes, sir. That makes me think that it's sourced from the CDs that they found. And those CDs had some kind of flaw on them or maybe were scratched or there's something wrong with them. Oh, no. And you can hear it all through the song to a degree that made me so furious because I'm trying, I'm loving the song and it's so meaningful and uplifting. And then all I can think about is, you know, we paid a hundred dollars for a deluxe edition from an album that gives no indication that they're due to the source material, you know, like, you know, just a disclosure of some kind that we did what we could to preserve this recording, but are limited to the source materials that we found, something like that. And it has been ignored. It's been ignored on the official Prince podcast. It's been ignored in every review that I've read of the album too. And I'm almost like, if you listen to this with headphones on, you cannot ignore it. Right. It is so blatant and so bad for an officially released thing. I mean, there's songs on originals that are sourced from a cassette tape that sound better than this thing does. And I find it to be a real shame. Hashtag, rant okay well let's move on to check the record they should have checked the record before they put (laughs) that song on this album thank you one of the earliest songs worked on for the album there are photos from the vault suggesting that it was originally simply titled the the record Mm -hmm. there were at least a couple of takes of this this is the one that they used or 
used the two different takes to piece together. Yeah. We don't know. Right. Yeah. I thought this thing starts off and I'm like, this is a little like musicology. If you listen to the drums, it's like the live version of musicology, which is played a little more upbeat and faster than the studio version. Or it's like musicology with some bottom. Oh, or there you go. musicology plus fury equals check the record. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that seems fair. Mm-hmm. It starts with these really complicated, fun drums. Yep. Uh, and also Prince counting off. One, two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this song, I like it in a lot of ways. But it has this mechanical sound throughout it that I find really irritating. Is it a mechanical sound or is it a cowbell? Because that's the part that got me. No, it's this like, it almost sounds like a saw. Like Like a a, cast saw? No, this one's different. This one sounds more like an industrial sort of saw. Okay. And it is I don't recall hearing that. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Well, you'll ruin this song for me. Just (laughs) like I ruined Stand Up and Be Strong for you. Oh, and it's just, well, I think part of it is that I had just listened to a podcast talking about a particular sound that they use in reality television shows a lot. And like a sound effect. Yes. Like a sound effect. And this sounds very like that. I I don't know. It, it bothers me a little bit. Huh? So... Big Brother and Check the Record have something in common. Yep. Prince is a player in this song. Oh, yeah. He's doing the kind of things that he said he would not do in Uh, previous songs. Huh? Seems like your girlfriend was in my bed. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not an accidental player either. He knew... Because she tried to tell me as though I cared. She said you missed her, and now she's scared. She tried to tell me, and though I cared. She said you missed her, and now she's scared. You can't So he knew that this girl was two-time and her boyfriend with him, and he just... Right, he wasn't under the illusion that she was single. No, Uh uh-uh. There was full disclosure. Right. Uh, Morris Hayes said on the Prince podcast that Prince intended to revisit the song and add guitar to it. Okay. And I assume he means a guitar solo because there's lots of guitar right. in it. Um, so if you listen to this in a minute and 32 seconds, Prince vocalizes kind of like a guitar solo. Yeah. Ooh. ask me that's uh where prince was kind of leaving a guide for himself as to uh-huh. what he was going to come back and yeah. play there i thought it was super cool yeah i like it the way it is yeah totally fine i love how there's uh yelling about fire and it blends in with the sirens yeah she plays with I thought that was a lot of fun oh yeah that's yeah. almost what reminded me of fury a yeah. little bit here yeah yeah uh, she plays with fire. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He uh, name checks Cheryl Crow and 
quotes two of her songs. Oh, two. Yes. Um, well, I, I to, can't I name the second one. Uh, the first one is at two minutes and 17 seconds when he says, uh, like Cheryl said, it might be the most favorite mistake I've ever had. Uh-huh, my favorite mistake. Right. What was the line right before that? Before, like Cheryl says. Oh, yes. If it makes her happy, can yeah. it be that bad? If it makes her happy, you're can it com- be that yeah, bad? So if it makes so you happy. two different songs. You're right. Yeah. Very good. I didn't catch that. Yeah. If it makes her happy, can it be that bad? Like Cheryl said, it might be the most favorite mistake I've ever had. Nice find. Yeah, giving Cheryl Crow a little, little love. Yeah. Yeah. And they had performed together, and he covered yeah. every day as a winding road. Yes. Poorly. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and then the cowbell, so much of it. There's at the an end. awful lot of cowbell. The record. It's about, it's about. The record now. But it's forgivable. This is, I think, a fun song. Yeah. Um, and I didn't uh, catch on to the reality TV. <laughs> sound effect right so i'll have to go back and listen again no don't worry i'll put a clip of it thank you (laughs) Uh, yeah and there's more fun vocalizing at the end Mm -hmm. it's fun overall yeah and again this is like hot summer to me it's another uh just break from the uh social commentary Mm -hmm. to me yeah on this album yeah then we have same page, different book. Four it, minutes and 42 seconds, and I know you're not going to believe me, but I hear a symbol to start the song. <laughs> <laughs> it was streamed on Third Eye Girls' YouTube page in right. January of 2013. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I know it's obscure, but anytime I have to do a test like a microphone test or something uh-huh. and i always say test it goes one two which yeah. comes from the big city remix of the good life right so it's obscure test it goes one two i understand that but anytime he has a i always want him to say it again he says, check it, one, two, and that that's cool. Check it, one, two. Mm. But mm. I always am hoping for a little testicles. <laughs> I think you just like it because a lot of people misheard it as testicles, <laughs> one, two. Uh-huh. I just think it's funny. It is because funny. it's supposed to sound like testicles. That's the yeah, joke. It is. I'm 12 inside. Come on. <laughs> So this is a second song in a row with a count in like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he counts in, check the record, and there's a little count in there on, not so much a count in, but a check it one, two. Right. For same page, different book. Mm-hmm. Um, so folks who follow Prince closely had heard the song for quite a while, eight okay. years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to hear it in context yeah. uh, on this album. I um, also never quite understood what he was singing on the first verse, and I never took the time to look it up either. Okay. Uh, I hitched a train between here and St. Paul, had no idea, had to sleep in a pig stall. I hitched a train between here and St. Paul, had no idea. 
I did not get that that was what he was singing until I started listening to this this album. Okay. Especially, once I got home, the dirt that covered me, nothing like the disappointment that you would never see. Once I got home, that dirt that covered me, nothing like that disappointment that you would never see. Like unlike visible dirt and grime uh-huh. that's visible on him, his heart was filled with disappointment. Um, yeah, and it was worse, right? Than the dirty, dirty train. Correct. Okay, so it's a little funky and a little confusing. Yes, it is. Same page, but a different book. So much more in common if you'd only look. Same page, but different. So much more in common if you only look. So, same page, different book is usually when people think they have things in common. Right. And then they realize they're both looking at page 110, but they're looking at completely different books. Correct. Like a misunderstanding of being in sync. Right. And then, but so much more in common, if you'd only look, suggests that they realize that they don't have things in common. But they actually do have things in common. So it's like he's saying the opposite of each other in these two lines. Uh, My sentiment exactly. (laughs) And then the religion comes into it. There's only one God, whatever name he took. Only matters when it comes to war. What are we we fighting for? Mm -hmm. There's only And I also think it's very prince-like to say there's only one God, whatever name he took, seems very un-Jehovah Witness. Yes, to acknowledge that other religions might... Call God something else? Yes, might also understand that the God that they worship is the same God, but with a different name. Yeah. This is the swing on the pendulum of where Prince is and his faith journey and his speaking about sex in explicit terms, not necessarily foul language, but just overt. Yep. So he's like swinging. He's, he swung way far over to religion with one song that we talked about last time in, you know, 2000. And now it's kind of headed back towards the middle. Right. You know, after having been, you know, pretty far that way in the rainbow children. Yeah. He's coming closer he's, to center. He's coming closer to center. Breathe. Let it breathe. I love that. He's <laughs> telling the band to let the interlude breathe. Breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. It reminds it's me great. when Prince would tell crowds, pace yourself during the one night alone tour. <laughs> uh huh. Um, yeah, take your time, let it breathe. And then another, another band direction. We're about to let this thing just groove. We're about to let this thing just groove. Move. Yeah. And then the, you know, the rap gets laid over top of that, but I don't know, it was good. Fun. Yeah. Right. Shelby J told a story about her having to go and write this rap in Uh like 15 minutes. Yeah. So that makes me think this is not a bad rap for having no time at all to uh, to put it together. Yeah. Shots at 
reality TV and 24-hour news yes. with reality and news both being in quotation marks. This is where I said earlier that we've come back around to information overload uh-huh. uh, from the mass media. 24-hour news, that ain't right. Yeah. And then Shelby says, them suckers got you daydreaming at midnight. He pretty much gets uh, Galatians chapter 3, right? Salvations by faith, not work. Right. Yeah. Galatians chapter 3 says, the law was as good as dead. Having faith in the life, death, and resurrection of the second Adam and said, will bring us all salvation if there's works in the faith we choose. But if you're all alone, throwing stones, who do you think's gonna lose? Who do you think's gonna lose? earn your way into heaven, right. essentially. Right. Uh, from three minutes and eight seconds to three minutes and 17 seconds, there's a little instrumental part with drums, guitars, some scratching, synth horns, kind of a fun part musically. Yeah. Watch out for the sinister minister. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. I thought it was a fun rhyme. Watch out for the sinister minister. They out there, y'all. I wonder what qualities he would have found sinister in a preacher man. I think back to the Rainbow Children, actually, yeah. in the pinstripe suit. and uh-huh. uh, Yeah, driving their Lexus. Yeah, and... is it true that God wants me to give money to the likes of you? Uh-huh. I also thought this sounds a little bit like Cinnamon Girl, in a way. Laid back, funky. Um, This is preachy a little bit, but still fun. Yeah, overall fun. Overall, she says. (laughs) Like, there were parts I wasn't wild about, but I didn't even mention them. (laughs) I'm going to let it go. Well, this... uh, that the main chorus line, same page, different book, more in common if we'd only look, that they're like opposite. Yeah. Like it's it's almost a case of that doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah. Or it was him trying to be cute about saying, you know, United States of the universe, uh-huh. a borderless society. Right. Um, and how we would get there. Then we have When She Comes. Originally released in a shorter form on Hit and Run Phase 2 in December of 2015. Correct. Yeah. You can tell it's a ballad right off. Oh, yeah. It's a very bluesy, borderline country feel to the Mm -hmm. intro with uh, gentle drums, piano, and guitar. It almost sounds like something from his second album, Prince. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, there's borderline country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Until the lyrics start, then it's not country. Yeah. No one loses their dog in this song. <laughs> no. It's a soulful, gospel-like. And dirty. Uh-huh, yeah. When she comes, she never closes her eyes. It's, it's no coming round the mountain that you sing with your kids. Correct. But then as soon as I wrote that down, I was like, wow, that's way dirtier than <laughs> I thought it would be. <laughs> Wow, that's that takes on a whole new meaning for oh, she'll the be, children's she'll songs. She'll be riding six white horses <laughs> when she comes. <laughs> like I said, I'm twelve. <laughs> <laughs> when he sings over and over at a minute and twenty five seconds, uh, I was just like, "Wow, his falsetto there." Over I think a lot of Prince fans 
kind of put the emancipation era when Prince peaked vocally, uh-huh. but I don't think that's true. Um, he could hit so many notes in 2010. Mm-hmm. It was uh, insane if you go and listen to that and think that that's the same guy who's speaking in Welcome to America. Yeah. Yeah. It's Almost unbelievable. Yep. Uh, she's noisy. Correct. Not just the size, she doesn't hold back, but uh, she sounds like a tornado. And he sings it so sweetly and almost softly that it makes it a little comedic. Yeah. In the dirtiness of it. And also round and round like a uh-huh. tornado, up and down, up and down, touching down. Uh-huh. Yeah, lots of uh, clean ways to say dirty things with Prince. Yes. <laughs> How about she walks around like she's all this and all that, <laughs> like her ish don't stank. Uh-huh. <laughs> she walks around like she's all this and Y'all know what I'm talking about. I think you do. Of course we do. Yeah. Of course we do. Yeah. Again, another use of profanity without being profane. Mm -hmm. But you put the word in my head. Yep. And now I know what you were not saying. Right. Exactly. But then he kind of, it kind of gets a little romantic at the end that he just accepts her as she is. She's more comfortable in the nude. She's the first and last thing I ever want to do. Some people might think it's rude, but she's more comfortable in the nude. At first I thought she was a friend, but now she's the first and last thing I ever want to do. Oh, she's comfortable nude, so she's going to walk around nude. That's just the way it is. Oh, I thought that was a pretty dirty line. Like, first and last thing I ever want to do. Yeah. So he gets up in the morning, he wants to do her. Uh Uh-huh. He goes to sleep at night, he wants to do her. Yeah, but that's kind of, like, romantic. It's It's dirty, but it's also, like, sweet. And that he just, like, accepts her wanting to be Mm -hmm. comfortable, and she's very comfortable in her own skin. I can agree with that, especially him singing at the end, because when my woman comes, she comes, she comes, she comes. Uh Like, she's going to do her way of doing things. Uh Uh-huh. And I just want to be there. Because uh-huh. when my woman comes, she comes, she comes, she comes. Maybe he wants to watch. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, so very different lyrics than the version on Hit and Run Phase yeah. 2. So it's very cool to have a... I saw this was... On this album, and like many, I was hoping, oh, surely this is like a different version. It's not the Uh same song. And yes, it is very different. Yeah. Then we have 1010, Rin Tin Tin. Four minutes and 43 seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Prince alone, other than the backing vocals. Yes, it's the only Mm -hmm. song on the album that features him on all instruments. Yeah, I was trying to remind myself who Rin Tin Tin was. I had to do the same thing. Yeah, a dog. Rescued from a World War One battlefield, German Shepherd type dog. Yep. He went on to be a silent film star, and while the dog's heirs didn't inherit Rin Tin Tin's acting ability, the dog became a beloved character, and there was a show on ABC 
from 1954 to 1959, and it played in reruns for many years. So I think this would have been on television in reruns when Prince was a little kid. I agree. Yeah. I've got no qualms there. Okay. Still trying to figure out what in God's name we're singing about. <laughs> uh, it's got a nice bluesy piano intro uh-huh. that's a little like Anastasia from Love Sexy. Yeah, the piano plays the chords. Yep. It doesn't play notes, it plays chords. Correct. It's great. Yes. Really nice. Ask the Lone Ranger, Rin Tin Tin. Ask the Lone Ranger, Rin Tin Tin. I was trying to figure out what the Lone Ranger and Rin Tin Tin had to do with each other. They're both fictional characters. They're both, well, Rin Tin Tin was real but fictionalized. Yeah. I think that these were shows that would have been on when he was a kid. Okay. And they kind of help people make sense of the world around them in a very safe way. Okay. I think that that's what, what was going on there. Hmm. Maybe the Lone Ranger and Rin Tin Tin played back to back on television when he was a kid at some point, Saturday mornings or whatever. And they, they talked about these difficult to understand issues. Yeah. In a okay. accessible way. All right. So fine. I think that's what's happening. Here. I will latch onto that and sink my claws into it. All because, right. Um, yeah. I was like, I was like, did the Lone Ranger and Ren Tin Tin appear together in some I show? Don't think so. Or is it just that, um, you know, what could be stranger than the times we're in? Earthquake, flood, y'all better hurry, Ken. Uh-huh. Ask the Lone Ranger, Ren Tin Tin. Like, it's so unbelievable. You have to ask fictional character. Or, and a dog to uh, help you understand it. Um, yeah. And that, in a way, is what you just said. Yeah. So. Yeah. Get, give it to me in a way that it's accessible. Right. Yeah. And a minute and six seconds, we got to let the funk unwind. <laughs> yes, it's so great. Yeah. Definitely a fan of that. Yes. We got to let the funk unwind. So good. Shelby J had said in that Prince podcast that Prince gave her advice flowing like water. Yes. And that's mentioned in this song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Flowing just like water through the sands of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Flowing just like water through the sands of time. The sons of God God and the daughters of men. A reference to Genesis chapter six. Okay. Yeah. A little uh, patriarchy, a little bit. uh, Eve being blamed for the fall of Eden. Yeah. 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 Well, and then what about genetics do we not understand? Well, like a whole lot, Prince. Yeah. To this this day. (laughs) Oh, there's still a lot to learn, and the general public understands even less than the scientists. So that uh, will always be true, but um, part of that is, um, you know, because facts are uh, under attack Uh in many ways. Yep. But then he suggests we can all understand the band. What about genetics? Do we not understand? 
kind of a way to pull us right out of these like lyrics that are uncomfortable and maybe you can disagree with and like, Oh, but we can all understand the band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Music is our common language. Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought this harkened back to the opening track when he says, truth is the new minority. Mm -hmm. Here we are, you know, so few people know the truth. Right. Maybe in some cases, even Prince. (laughs) Yeah. Too much information make your hair curl. It's like, oh, don't tell our youngest that that's the secret to curly hair. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Clara wants curly hair badly. Yes, badly. Right. I think there's a fun breakdown in vocals when he sings, whether you're a boss or a sucker, best to be like water, just looking for stock. You're still a second hand on your master's clock, and you can hear the clicking. Actually, here, the clicking that you hear, at first I thought that it was like a clock. Uh-huh. It's the same audio flaws that you can hear what? in Stand Up and Be Strong. Oh. Like right on master's clock, so it's easy to hear it as you know yeah i thought it was intentional go listen to the stand up and be strong and then come back and listen to this and there are the same audio flaws here oh at least it fits in this one i guess but it's uh again i would have appreciated a little disclaimer or explanation Mm -hmm. as to Mm -hmm. why this perfectly preserved quote unquote prince album from the vault yeah has these audio flaws yeah Uh, I like his uh, suggestion that you had to be flexible to be creative. Okay. It's best to be like water. There's no vibration in rock. Meet me in between the atoms, Beethoven and Bach. It's best to be like water. There's no vibration in rock. Meet me in between the atoms, Beethoven and Bach. If you're too stiff. If you're like a rock, yeah. you can't move, you can't grow, you can't flow to somewhere new. Yeah. Well, I think referencing Beethoven and Bach, again, it's coming back to music mm-hmm. is the common language. Right. Um, and the way it ends, like at four minutes and 27 seconds through the end, to me, sounds like it could have come straight off of Lotus Flower. Even the lyrics here, meet me between the atoms, Yes, sound very scientific, galactic, gooey, freaky, weird, funky, lotus flowery to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Then we have Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) There may have been a mid-tempo version of this song based on a photo of Master Tapes uh, that was from the vault, Hmm. um, but it's not available. Huh, so, I'm, I'm a fan of the up-tempo version. Yes, me too. I like it. Opportunity is open when we say Y-E-S. Yes. The sense on this make, make it sound like it could have been on 2010, or it's the most uh, musically related to 2010 okay. of all the songs on this collection. Um, and it also brings me back to thinking about the Love Sexy era, and the artwork mm-hmm. as part of that era had the word yes and a heart, yes. you know, like uh-huh. acceptance, uh, just say yes. Yeah, it's optimism tempered by reality. Yep. 
uh, as long as they ain't moving us to a bigger cage. Yes. 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 I say yes. <laughs> um, and right after that, uh, from 53 seconds to 56 seconds, you can hear Prince in the background going bum, bum, bum. Ooh. And it's very, very cool. Yes, yes. There's a line from Dear Mr. Man in verse 2. If you're tired of being sick and tired, say it yes, Y-E-S. If you're tired of being sick and tired, something that Prince did during Dear Mr. Man, especially the live version that I believe was on the Cinnamon Girl single Okay, from Webster Hall, and he would tell Maceo Parker, sick, play Maceo, I'm sick and tired of being tired. Oh, yeah, that cool. kind of thing. Yeah. Second mention of summer, too. The summer is here. It's mm-hmm. time to start a fire. Yeah. Summer is here. It's time to start a fire. Come on. Maybe, maybe the hot summer. Just uh, a bit yeah. warmer. Maybe so. Uh-huh. Maybe let's uh, do that fire in a fire pit for safety, just in case. Yeah, that's a good, good, good call. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> y e yes, Smokey. Man, this line really speaks to me in 2021. Okay. Uh, transformation of every heart. Everybody has got to play the part. Yeah. Yeah, uh, get your vaccines. We all got to do our part. That's right. To try and get out of the mess that we're in. So it really speaks to me. And That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I also, it made me think back to a lyric from Song of the Heart from Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, raise your hand because everyone plays a part. Yeah. One world united singing the Song of the Heart. Kind of the same type of message there. Yeah. An overtly religious reference to the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Thy will be done. Yeah. But it's kind of in a positive and really upbeat way. Yeah. Followed mm-hmm. by, if you're ready for the new kingdom come. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's another, like, accept God into your life. Mm-hmm. Y-E-S, Y-E-S, not yes. Y-E-S. <laughs> Uh, the end of the song, the yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It never struck me how difficult that must have been to sing until I listened to the Prince podcast. The, yeah. I think it was the first episode. And Shelby J and Elisa and Liv were getting instructions from Prince on how he wanted them to sing that. Yes. And they told him, I just, it can't be done. It's too long. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it can. Let me do it. Yeah. And he did he it. did it for them in one breath, the way he wanted uh-huh. them to sing it. And they're like, okay, well, we got to work on that some more then. Yep. did it and that's how it was pulled off so uh-huh. it wasn't any kind of uh studio tricks it was uh done live yes man it's so long that they sustained that it's yeah amazing. it is that's some pipes yep 
And then the final song from the album, One Day We Will All Be Free. Yes, ma'am. Recording dates aren't confirmed, but Tal Wickenfeld dates it probably likely to be March of 2010. Uh, Chris Coleman is not credited with drums, though, so it may have been slightly outside of that primary window Mm. for these songs. Okay. I thought, you know, from the get-go here, we get this fun, muted rhythm guitar Mm -hmm. in the song. Um, Talk about happy music. I think that's how I would describe what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Oh, it starts a little bleak, though, that first, those first lyrics. You go to bed just to learn it was all a dream. You go to bed just to learn it was all a dream. It's like you go to bed on a good day and you wake up to find out that that good day was just a dream and you wake up and you're still tired. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Yeah. A little, a little sad, but yeah. And that's how all these verses are structured, right? That, uh, you do this expecting this, but you find out it's not right. It's like broken expectations. Yeah. And then we get a little bit of maybe Prince being tired of fire and brimstone. You go to church just to be sold why you deserve to die. You go to church just to be sold why you deserve Yeah, and even like, the, like the follow-up to that, it's just like having your fortune told but never asking why. So uh-huh. he's definitely not into being preached at, right? but open to conversations, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, is very much different from what we heard from him nine years prior to this right. on an album like The Rainbow Children, where because it is written, it is true. Right, yeah. And it's not up for discussion. Right. Right. Well, it was nice to see a little bit of growth in that area. Oh, that... I think even just encouraging people to not take what they're told for granted. Uh-huh. Had he not said the, that in this song, it would make me think this whole welcome to America thing is just a dumb concept because mm-hmm. that's what it's based on is right. like waking up from living your life with the wool over your over your eyes mm-hmm. or uh, you know blind to the truth and questioning things to find out the truth. Right. He also doesn't like Dogs left in yards, unattended. More like having one of God's creations tied up on a leash. Uh huh. More like having one of God's creations tied up on a leash. Makes me wonder how many houses Prince drove. Like, you don't think of Prince as like driving to work and passing neighborhoods and seeing school buses and, yeah. uh, you know, a dog tied. Yeah, but he did. He went places. Oh, I know. It's just, that's not the kind of thing you associate with him. So when you hear him sing about the kinds of things that normal everyday people see, See, it's kind of eye-opening. Right. He's pushing back again a little bit against the history in school. But if your history only burns, it's better to resist it. If your history only burns. If you're marginalized in the history books, your whole group of 
people, your community, the people you spend time with are marginalized within the American history story, Yeah, which very, there's a reason why black history month is February, the shortest month. Yeah. You know, this is you push back against that. Yeah. And I kind of normally it doesn't work for me when Prince like blends words and names together to kind of do this cute delivery. But here I think it does work. Uh huh. Keeping yeah. it Franklin Benjamin Benneker was never born a slave. Yeah. Keeping it Franklin Benjamin Benneker was never born a slave. Um. So I think. You know, obviously, Franklin Benjamin is a play on Benjamin Franklin, Franklin. Uh-huh. and Benjamin Banneker um, is a historical figure that we'll get to in a second. Uh, he was never born a slave, and if George Washington never told no lie, maybe we'd all be saved. And if George Washington never told no lie, maybe we'd all be saved. So I think he's obviously saying... You know, here's our first president, a white man, of course, who's glorified in our history as I can never tell a lie, uh, where obviously he was not a perfect person because there's not any of those on earth right now. Well, and the whole cherry tree story Uh where I cannot tell a lie comes from was entirely fabricated. Yeah, Yeah. the whole story is a lie, let alone the part where he said he couldn't lie. Right. Benjamin Banneker. Yeah, I had to look I had to look it up. Me too. I'm like, well, you know, he's right because I don't know who that is, so I guess that his commentary has some truth to it. He was a free a free African American author, surveyor, landowner, and farmer mm-hmm. um, who had knowledge of mathematics and natural history. The intellectual equal of yeah. Benjamin Franklin. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Um, but we never hear about him because the whole three-fifths rule thing where black people were only three-fifths of a human. Yes. Which is gross. Yeah, horrible. I love the part of Wikipedia that tells you that Banneker became known for assisting Major Andrew Ellicott in a survey that established the original borders of the District of Columbia. I didn't see that part. national capital (laughs) of the United States. Wow. And how is that not part of history. Yep. Point made and point taken. Yep. Yep. Gotta say it. Yeah. Um, if we can back up just a little bit too, I wanted to point out at two minutes, there's this fun muted guitar solo. It's not a distorted electric guitar solo. And I think those types of recordings of guitars, electric guitars to me can sound good or just cool, even if they're misplayed sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or a wrong note is hit, and, you know, it's just, you're ripping it up. Right. But a muted solo like this kind of reveals all and really shows you how Prince plays flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, it just lays bare his guitar playing, and, you know, it's almost like this transparent look into his guitar solo, which you don't get a lot on his studio albums of, I mean, often his guitar solos are pushed back in the mix and not mm-hmm. featured as much as I think they should be anyway. But right. here it's just a undistorted guitar solo that, um, you know, if you can listen and think that every note is him strumming and, you know, using the frets of the guitar and the mechanics of playing and how flawless it comes off is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love how there's no exclusion in this positive message. It's we will all be free. Talking about you. One day. 
be free if. Correct. Yes. And he uh, also kind of vamps over that at the end, talking about you, talking about me. It's all of us. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if we all have this shared knowledge of what truth really is, then it benefits each and every one of us. It's Mm -hmm. not about redemption of black people or revenge of black people. Or not even about religious salvation. Yep. Correct. We will all be free. Yep. You're right. It's not a a heaven and hell thing. It's uh, everyone will, you know, be fully realized. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was a really great end to the album. Me too. And a lot of times his, his later albums sometimes ended weirdly. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. you know, get Seems... on, get on the boat. It yeah. was kind of, eh, you know, even the album 2010, there's a hidden track lay down, but before that it's this no more candy for you. Uh-huh. You know, that's kind of the silly, silly yeah. thing. Well, so I just, you get end and it's on a disquieting note. And I felt like yeah. this one was just a really great end to this album. Yes, and not trying to recreate the glory of Purple Rain or having uh-huh. this anthem at the end, although this is anthem-ish. Yeah. But again, it's not a hold your cigarette lighter up and flick it on. Mm-hmm. It's more of a nodding your head in agreement. And yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely one that I could find, like I take no issue with yeah. any of this. I think that you're right on. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to the end of the music that we're going to cover today. No, say it ain't so. (laughs) But we do have some selections to make. We're going to choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies when the material was recorded or when it was released, the sea, the low point for us, and the mountain, the thing that spoke to us the most. So these are my rules. So I go first. My time capsule is... Welcome to America, because it's sadly too salient in both 2010 and 2021. Well, first of all, that's an excellent use of the word salient. And second of all, I totally agree. Title track, no contest. It's of the present in Mm -hmm. 2010, and it's all still relevant today in 2021. Yep. Uh, Nothing sounds outdated in the lyrics, maybe with the exception of Viacom. Yeah. You know, being something I don't think most people know about today. But you've got the iPhone, the iPad, Mm -hmm. Google are all there. And these were all relatively new things in uh, 2010, especially from a guy who proclaimed the Internet is over. (laughs) Uh, It's um, it reveals a little bit of how smart he really was. Yeah. All right, the C, the low point for me, it was unfortunately stand up and be strong because of those organ sounds. Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. All right. Well, is that all you got to say about that? That's all I have to say. The C for me are the audio flaws Uh in stand up and be strong. It's just really just awful. Um, It made me think of. When CDs first became available, there was this disclaimer on the packaging that said something like, digital audio can reveal limitations of the source recording. And it really made me feel like there should be a disclaimer on this album about why these flaws are there and why. If you're selling an album today, Mm -hmm. you expect people to buy CDs or even vinyl today. And you're saying, you know, this is a Prince album that sounds great rescued from the vault shelf for 10 years 10 years is not that long no right it's a fairly recent thing i just find it insane that um there's no way 
that the people engineering the album didn't hear those flaws and chose to let them out for yeah. whatever reason. And I assume it's because there was no way to repair it, no way to fix it. Yeah. So t- tell me that. Yeah. Don't sell me a bill of goods that I later find I'm like, is there a problem with my CD? Yeah. Uh, which I thought. And then I went, I'm like, well, let me listen to it on Apple Music. Nope, it's there too. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, if you're trying to preserve Prince's legacy, uh-huh. you've got to do better than that. Right. Um, and I know people will say, well, how many bootlegs did you buy that were, you know, Swedish recordings you've ever heard? Well, that's not an estate release. Right. You know, from people who had access and are heirs essentially to prince's creations right and you're doing him a disservice by not being transparent about that kind of stuff that's fair all right the mountain the thing that we liked the most for me it was 10 10 rin 10 10 really Flow like water baby really Flow like water. wow <laughs> is that a surprise you know i like the song and i like to sing along with it there are parts of it that think that i think you know this is smartly written and then there's sometimes i think this is stupid <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the brilliance behind it. Mm. Maybe so. Okay. Uh, for me, my mountain is your sea. Oh. Stand up and be strong. Okay. I found it. I went back and listened to the Soul Asylum version, first of all, which I'd never heard before, and was struck how different it is than yes. uh, Prince's version. Obviously, it's inspirational and uplifting. I think previously I would worry a lot when I heard... Prince recorded a cover version, uh-huh. you know, and it's probably just trauma from his version <laughs> of Every Day is a Winding Road. Uh, but this one, Stand Up and Be Strong, was so unique compared to the original, which I think has so many reviewers missing that it's a cover okay. version, and because the original was just typical grunge rock to me. Yeah. And that's what Soul Asylum, you know, really was and is known for. I just love it, and I love uh, the, the duet pairing of Prince and Elise's vocals together were great mm-hmm. to me. And like I said, when he sings, when they lie to your face, put them in their place, stand up and be strong, mm-hmm. it's just one of the best vocal moments in the whole album. So despite being so disappointed in being sold a bill of goods, I think, with mm-hmm. this record and not being transparent about where flaws may be, the song that has the most flaws from an audio standpoint, is still the mountain for me. Okay. So I plant my flag firmly at the top of the mountain. All right. That's where you're going to plant your funk flag? That is where I'm planting my funk funk flag. And I'm also saying the music is important and quality is important also. You can release this stuff with flaws in it and people will understand, but you've got to be upfront about it. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, let us know what your time capsule mountains and the sea were find us on facebook the mountains and the sea of prince podcast find us on twitter at tmats t-m-a-t-s podcast or you can send us an email tmats podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you you know when you said shh tell us what your time capsule sea and mountain are i thought you were talking to me <laughs> you're like and I for just a minute did that. i was like am i daydreaming <laughs> them suckers it's got me daydreaming at midnight <laughs> All right. I'm glad you're talking to our listeners. That's, <laughs> yes. that's good. That's good. That's right. Uh, so next time. Next time we're going to do our first of what we think. We're mm-hmm. going to be two episodes covering the Blu-ray of uh, the Los Angeles Welcome to America tour stop that's mm-hmm. included on Blu-ray in the deluxe edition of Welcome to America. Yep. Yep. We might have some other things to 
throw in there. We're not sure yet. Yep, call we'll, us crazy. Yeah. yeah. We're going to decide on the fly our programming for the next couple episodes. Yes. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for joining us.